Coming up on this episode of AARP's Perfect Scam. This guy looks very nice, and whatever he told me, I feel very bad for him, and he's a businessman, and okay. It's an all-too-common scenario in this age of online love and dating. What seems like the perfect match at first turns out to be anything but that. But we're not just talking about someone who doesn't live up to expectations. These are con artists who know every trick in the book when it comes to attracting attention, making a connection, and eventually walking away with the victim's money. And you might be surprised to learn how easy it is to fall into the trap. For the AARP's Perfect Scam, I'm your host, Will Johnson, and I'd like to introduce once again my co-host and AARP's Fraud Watch Network ambassador, Frank Abignell. Frank, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be here. So here we are again, and this week we are talking about dating scams, romance scams, and big business, right? Absolutely. Uh, this is one that makes sense in terms of being able to get to somebody through their heart. It seems like a, a low-hanging fruit almost for a scam artist. It's true. And um, it also, it's amazing to me how much money some people have given to these scam artists, even though their family members are telling them it's a scam and trying to tell them not to be involved in the relationship. They just continue to send money uh, over and over again. It's easy to almost feel like these people are so so gullible, but you have to put yourselves in their shoes to some extent as well. Absolutely. All right. So on this episode, we will introduce you to Elaine. After ending a relationship, she was interested in meeting someone, someone new. So she went on a dating site and before too long ran across someone. He put down a long, you know, a description of who he is and what he is and that uh, he lost his wife about uh, so many years ago and he had a son who he lost in, in he was in the military and he, he lost a son in Afghanistan and he's alone and he he's looking for, you know, somebody. Anyway, so he started connecting with me and the communication went on and on without me knowing who he is. And so it's fair to say you 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 connected with somebody on the site, and and initially you liked him, like you enjoyed having a co- uh, messages back and I forth. I enjoyed the conversation, yeah. and uh, he he started communicating with me under a name, and then he also put in a an email address, and uh, where I could get to talking to him in more detail. And did you uh, at any point early on did you at all question this, or did it all seem pretty legitimate to you? I didn't question because I trusted him. He told me what he is. He was supposedly a marine engineer or other BS, whatever he can come up with. Did he play it up on the romance side at all as well? Oh, yes. He told me, and he he put all these wonderful talk, you know, sweet talk to to a person who was ready to absorb all that. So he said that he has a beautiful rose garden and he would like to send me some roses. What is my favorite color? So I gave him a color. Yeah. And then one day in the evening, and I gave him my address, of course. How else are they able to deliver flowers to me? Yeah. So one evening... At about 8 o'clock in the evening, the doorbell rings, and there is an elderly 
gentleman, person. I don't know if he's a gentleman. If he's connected with that guy, he is not a gentleman. He holds in his hand a beautiful and colorful balloon, happy birthday or whatever it was. And he had a beautiful vase with a gorgeous big bouquet of flowers. I said, oh, my God, it's so beautiful, and uh, it's so beautiful that he sends me flowers. But that was in the very beginning. So he really, I mean, this person, like you say, they're, very, they're really good at what they do, and they, he went through a lot of steps, including sending you something at your house. He made it so believable. So anyway, he was... Uh, he was telling me one day that he has to go uh, overseas and he has to, he's in contact with, uh, uh, to buy minerals overseas and he needs to go and he's packing right away because he has a fantastic deal and he is leaving uh, within a few hours because he has to catch the deal. Let me ask you, had... Um Two questions. How long was had you been messaging with him before he gave you the story? And, um, and it was. It went on for maybe two weeks, okay, or thereabout. And, and, and you had, know, had, had he, I said, okay, this guy looks very nice, and whatever he told me, I feel very bad for him, and he's a businessman, and okay. Had fine. he mentioned his business overseas before? Well, that's what he said to me, that he was mine. He was uh, buying minerals from different mines yeah. in, in Ghana. Okay. So when he gets there, he sends me this message, uh, and he tells me that they, will, they have a law. They will not accept his um, traveler's checks whatever he said, American Express or whatever. Sure. So what he said is that he he needs to have some money and it should have given me the red flag right at that moment, but I didn't I didn't catch it. So stupid me, I and he said you have to run down right away because I need the money, otherwise I can't go to the mines, and that could be in any place in, in the country. How much money are, are we talking? Did he, did he mention that at this point? Uh, the total of that was maybe around $3,000. And, and did you send it all at once? So he told you to no, continue. No, I did not send it all at once. And then he he made all kinds of other excuses that he needed, uh, that he has to pay the hotel where he's staying. He cannot go anywhere. They, he has to prove to the mines that he has the money and all that stuff. And he said, I need, I don't know, another $1,000 or whatever. And and I said, well, okay. He said, to run down immediately to Walmart. And while I am standing at the counter at Walmart, uh, the people there get a call from some authority, from the transmission authority who cashes these payments. She says, I am not letting you 
you know, to let this money transaction go through because it's a scam and you will get a refund on this money. That's amazing. So she... They knew already that this is a scam and it should not be uh, handed out. And then she said, I am putting a block on this and she's sending the money back to to the uh, Walmart people and I got the credit for the money. Anyway, he sent a message to me when I got home and he said that he, you know, he made up other stories. Later on, he, what he said was, don't worry, I am going to send, give you back all the money you sent to me because I am not even going, when I come back to the, to the States, I am not even going to stop at my city. I am flying straight to you, to Tucson. At this point, Elaine's made multiple trips to Walmart and sent a lot of money to this guy. And so she finally decides to do some checking around on him. I got the background check from different companies. Well, first of all, they had addresses all over the place. And then the address that he gave me was a house that was for sale. It was not a house where anybody lived. So it was phony. Every step of the way was phony. You know, this kind of took your heart for a ride, too, I imagine. Talk about that emotionally. Well, I was emotional, emotionally vulnerable, and I, it kind of you know, felt good that there was somebody who, without knowing me, uh, wants to have, you know, talk to me nice and and sweet talk and whatever. And send you a rose from his garden, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of thing, first of all, I want to say, we really think you're brave for talking about this. There's a lot of people who uh, you know, it's it's not easy when you've been scammed or you feel like you're the victim of something, that you've done something wrong. Has that been hard for you? So so thank you, first of all. And then uh, is it hard to talk about here today or have you gotten used to telling the story? And do you talk about it to others? I have no problem telling people. I will tell anybody. You know, I'm reading your I, I have some notes about your story. And one thing you told uh, somebody here before was that if you're smart, you have to disconnect from all of this. I, I think that's a yeah, you you should disconnect, and I it it is also very important, and it's important for me what I learned. First of all, you have to speak to the person. You have to speak and hear the conversation from a live person. You can tell a lot from speaking to someone and to hear his reactions or her reactions or whatever, because there are women scammers too. I hope you find somebody who will send you a legitimate real rose from their rose garden. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't need rose garden. I need a real person. Yeah, well, that's true. (laughs) Right, right. Not, Not just the rose. I have a title for this episode you might like. Oh, yeah? Gemstone Jerk. So, Frank, I feel like if uh, if I'm on a dating site or if anyone's on a dating site and minerals or mines are mentioned, I'm going to stay away from it. Stay away from that person. Yeah. It's a, it, you know, it's just amazing to me, the romance scams. They've been going on for generations. 
Uh, some romance scams are somebody trying to rip you off for a small amount of money. Some have uh, very wealthy women who have been conned out of millions and millions of dollars uh, in romance scams. Um, first of all, you know, you you never want to send someone money that you never actually even met. Bottom you know, line, so right that, there, that's, that's the first a, thing. That's the yeah. first thing. That's, yeah. that's a red flag. Um a lot of times these scams work more on the fact that uh, you get to know the person on the phone or over the Internet. Uh, maybe you met them through a dating site. You, you have actually never met them personally. Uh, they befriend you. They invest a lot of time in talking to you, maybe sending you flowers, having a relationship with you online or over the phone. And then it gets to, well, I see you're not feeling very well today. No, I'm, I've had to go down to the doctor and I have to have this operation, but the operation costs $5,000 or, or I, I need to get to have the operation and I don't have that kind of money. And um, and then they're almost get you to be the one who says, well, you know, I could help you with that. I could give you uh, the money. And they're not even asking you for the money. They turn it around so that you're offering the money uh, to them. Again, you know, a lot of times it's like when I speak to a younger woman and she says to me, I've been dating this guy for six months, but I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm a little suspicious about this guy. I said, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been to his house? Uh, no. Have you ever been able to call him at home or only on a cell phone? No, only on a cell phone. I don't have his home number. Uh, then you should be suspicious. And it always turns out eventually that probably the guy's married. Maybe he's not trying to rip her off for any money, but he's deceiving because he's married and He's trying to have an affair with somebody and not let them know that they're married. But love is so hard, Frank. I mean, you go, you find somebody who's paying attention to you. You kind of see how all of a sudden they're getting lavished with uh, whatever it may be. Oh, I love your picture and I really want to meet you. Uh, I mean, and, I, and I'm fine with that yep. up to the point to when they say send me some Don't money. Don't send the money. Okay. Yeah. That's when I – then I have to stop no matter how much I'm involved with the person or – uh, taken over by the person's sweetness and what they've done for me. The minute they start asking me for money, then that raises a red flag that I have to say, who is this really? Do I really know who this is? Because I actually have never met them. I don't really know a whole lot about them. So before I invest money, it'd be like you investing money in something. Before I invest in it, I'm going to check it out to make sure that it's real. It's the same way here. Before I invest money in this individual, I need to make sure I know who this individual is. So have a cup of coffee first before together before you start sending money Absolutely. for the mines in, in another part of the world. Absolutely. Um, the other thing, and you mentioned this a little bit about the amount of time they put in, but with these romance scams, I mean, sometimes that can be like a really long, drawn-out romance uh, where people stay with somebody. But I, they must have multiple ones. And, and that's it. You know, it's like all scams where people say, I can't believe the time they invested in with this to just get this money out of me. And I explained to them, you're one of a hundred. wasn't the only game. They just move on. When they hang up from you, they move on to the next one. They're working constant scams, and each one is coming in, paying out as they go back. So – they're not just sitting home doing one call and then investing all this time in one call. They, they've got multiple calls going on, and they're each at a certain point of where they're going to move to the next position to where in the end they end up getting the money from everybody. We've even had them where if I don't get the money, someone's going to kill me because I owe these people this money, and they're, they're, they're not very nice people. You do and, get that. You hear yeah, that. Yeah, you hear yeah. those yeah, scams yeah. where, you know. Uh, as soon as you so, hear that, yeah, cut I mean, bait and run. Yeah, I mean. Again, I, I would, I, if I was the best advice I'd have is say, ha, you know, listen, uh, ha, carry on the romance if you want. But if you've never met the person, you really don't know who they are. The moment they come along and say, give me some money, 
uh, you need to stop and ask, do I really know who this person is? Back in your previous life, uh, women came and went through various elements of what you of what you did. We know about the the flight attendants and, right. and how they were, uh, how you how you put that into play in in order to cash checks again most right. of the time, and you weren't scamming them directly. Uh, was romance a, a scam for you ever, or did you have experience sort no. of you know tugging at heartstrings? I think you know, I for me it was so unusual because here I was, sixteen, seventeen year old dating girls, twenty five and twenty seven, because they assumed I was a pilot or the doctor, or the lawyer. So I was pretending to be this person 10 years older than I was. Your so confidence all, level must have been amazing. Yes, and but all the all the girls that I went out with were much older than me. So people always used to say to me, well, did you ever get really involved with one? And I said, no, because my mother would never approve me getting <laughs> married. I was, too, I was too young. And so I was conscious of never giving a lot of this, I love you, and yeah. You know, I bought them nice things, but it was always I tried to keep the relationship casual because I knew that I was so much younger than them. And wasn't and it all like brand new? This, the, even if you did like somebody, I mean, yeah. And, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story that's in, actually in in the book. Catch me if you can. We love stories. Um, I I had met a girl who was a, a flight attendant with uh, American Airlines, and she uh, was probably about ten years older than me. She thought I was her age. Um, I dated her for a while, and she got very uh, attached to me, and she asked me if I would come home to California to meet her family over the weekend. I was reluctant to do it, but I, I went there and met her family. And As I, a pilot. As the pilot, and she thought me to believe that I was a pilot. And, yeah. and um, I started to realize over that weekend that this person was getting real serious about me, and this is not a good thing because by meeting her parents, I think she was interested in maybe getting married and— you know, that's not going to happen. So we went on a bicycle ride in her neighborhood and we got to a park and I had never confided in anybody about who I really was. So sitting under a tree, I said, I need to tell you something. I'm only telling you this because I care about you. And I said, I don't want to hurt you. But I said, the, the truth is I'm not a pilot. And actually, I'm only 18 years old. Uh, I'm running from the police because I ran away from home and I've written a bunch of bad checks. First, she thought I was kidding because she said, I met you on the flight. You were sitting in the cockpit in the jump seat. I said, yeah, I ride around on these planes, you know, in the jump seat. Yeah. But I said, this is the truth. Right. So she got very upset. And then she said, well, let's go back to my house. And I said, you know what? Why don't you go back? I'm going to sit here for a while. I'll, I'll be back there shortly. So she left on the bike and a few minutes later, I got on the bike, but I went one street past her street, went down the back so that I could look for in her yard from the back, and all these police cars were out there. Now, I thought, there you go. People only like you for who they think you are, not the pilot. They turn, she turned me in. So I'm never, ever going to tell anybody again who I really am. You can't really trust anybody. Now, that's the thinking of an adolescent 18-year-old. Later on in life, who I've met this girl since then, met her brother uh, since then, years later. Um, she obviously was an adult who went back and said, this is a kid. The police are looking for him. He's a runaway. Um, you know, somebody needs to do something before somebody gets hurt or the kid gets hurt. And so she did the right thing. But in the eyes of an adolescent, I looked at it like, see, you can't be honest to anybody. They're just going to they're going to just turn you in. So I'm going to never tell anybody again the truth. And I didn't. You learn like the wrong lesson. Yes, the wrong lesson. And how different your life might have been had you actually gotten caught earlier. That's right. And yeah. I mean, the thing that keeps coming back to me in your story too is that you, you you did have this this life of crime, but it has turned into what you do today. 
And so maybe if things had turned turned out differently, you wouldn't have it had this yeah, incredible. I, I am a big believer. Are you that, thankful? I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big believer that things happen in life for a reason. Yep. Um, you know, so I I look at that as a, that that's something that happened in my life, and I was able to turn what was a very negative thing into a very positive thing. And I think that says a lot about we live in such a great country that no matter what you do, whether you're an alcoholic, you have a drug problem, no matter what it is, you can change your life because we live in a great country where people give you the opportunity to get a second, third, sometimes fourth chance to turn your life around. So when I look at at age 69, I look back on my life. I'm not fascinated by the things I did between 16 and 21, as most people are. I am absolutely, truly amazed every day of my life that I did those things. I went to prison, paid my debt, and where my life ended up. I've been married to my one and only wife for 40-plus years. I brought three sons into the world, to one who is an FBI agent. I mean, how amazing it is for me to have a son become an FBI for agent. For people who didn't know that, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- those, those are the things that every day I have to wake up and say, I get to work for a great organization like AARP. Uh, my clients like LexisNexis, Experian, working with the FBI. Who would have ever believed that was possible if you had said to me sitting in that jail today, one, one day you'll be doing this? You know, and uh, so it says a lot about our country. It also says a lot about that the world does not judge you on what your father's mistakes were or someone else's mistakes. So they judge my son only on my son, not on me. Well, from dating scams to getting second chances in life, uh, it, your story is amazing. We're lucky to have you on the show. Glad to be here. One more thing about her story we'll go back to is that, and it was an interesting element, was that the store where she was getting money actually said, don't send any more money. Do you hear about this sometimes? Yeah, you know, uh, years ago, going back now, 35 years ago, when I used to work with banks, it was mainly me training bank tellers. Now, mostly it's talking to their corporate customers. But years ago, I used to tell tellers, If I come in and tell you that I need to withdraw $5,000 cash and I'm an elderly person, you need to question that person. Say, look, I don't want to get personal, but did anyone approach you and tell you this? There used to be a very popular scam back 35 years ago where they would see an elderly person go into a bank or a savings bank, and they would then follow that person home. And a few minutes later, there'd be a knock on their door, and two nice gentlemen dressed in a suit would identify themselves as Secret Service agents. And they'd say, we need your help. And then they'd come in, they'd sit down, and they'd say, we believe that one of the tellers at your bank is stealing money, and we need to catch her, and we need your help. So we would like you to go to the bank and withdraw $5,000 in cash and then bring it back to the apartment. Get out. We're going to take crazy. it, and we're going to mark the money, and then we're going to give you the money back so that you can bring it back and put it in the bank so we can catch the teller red-handed. You don't know how many thousands of people fell for that scam. Yeah, yeah. So you would say to the teller, if somebody came in, you just say, I don't want to get nosy. So I think more and more today, certainly ARP is working with banks and financial institutions to let them know about these scams so that they can step forward and say, are you sure nobody approached you? Because then the light bulb goes on and the person's going to say, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Well, ma'am, that's a scam. They're just trying to get you money. So Walmart obviously is training their people very yeah. well. Uh, because of that, and I think that's great. Dating sites. I mean, anybody can get on a dating site and put themselves in however they want to, right? There's not. Is there yeah. a lot of verification going I on? I think that if you're I was of? if I was someone who wanted to go through a dating site, I would absolutely make sure that was a very legitimate dating site where the dating site that company checks the people out who actually want to be on their site. They verify that they're a real person. 
That's their real name. They do currently live at this address. They are currently employed at this place. Uh, so that at least you have the security of they've done some background checks so that the person they're hooking you up with, at least someone has established who they am. If they're not doing that, I wouldn't be doing business with that dating site. So don't go on to dating sites that specialize in guys who work in mines and other parts of the world no, yeah. <laughs> and need or, your money. Go on dating sites where someone hasn't verified who they're putting you in touch with. Absolutely. All right, Frank Abagnale, thank you once again for being here talking about dating and romance scams. And, you know, one thing we didn't talk about was trusting photos online. Anybody can go to a dating site and put up a photo of somebody, right, that's not them. Photos are everywhere, like on LinkedIn or Facebook or social media sites, and people can take those photos because that's a digital image of you, put it on a passport, put it on identification, or on a dating site and saying, I'm this person working at this company uh, and being very impressive to the person who thinks they're dating that individual. There are a lot of photos are used and manipulated. Uh, That's why I always tell people that on Facebook and social media, Don't put straight on photographs of yourself that are easily taken and then transferred somewhere somewhere else. Got it. Okay, that's good to know. And and if it looks like somebody in really good lighting in an office setting, don't trust that one either because it's probably a stock stock footage. Um, and, And also along the lines of photos and the technology of it, are we able then also to reverse that equation and that we can take images and search online, or is that kind of a, a, yes. a black hole? That, no, not? there are, there are two technologies out there now. One is called PitPat, P-I-T-T dash Pat, P-A-T-T. Uh, that was actually developed by MIT, but it is owned by Google. And it is a facial recognition tool tied back to Facebook. So if you have your picture on Facebook and I snap a photo of you, it'll search all the Facebook pages around the world till it comes up to a match of that person on Facebook. The Russians have even a better, faster technology called FineFace, and uh, it is available in the U.S. These are the good guys using Uh, this technology or the bad guys? It's both. So a lot of bad guys use it basically because if I see you in the airport and I snap a photograph of you – And it takes me to your Facebook page, and on your Facebook page, you happen to tell me where you were born and your date of birth. I'm 98% of stealing your identity. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's scary. In keeping with our topic today of romance scams, we have Jen Beam from the Fraud Watch Network. She manages the Fraud Watch Network Facebook page. Jen, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right. So romance scams, you guys hear about them a lot. On the uh, with your Facebook community, right? Can you tell us about it? We do. Um, what we hear most uh, is sort of two different things. So often we will get folks who reach out sort of just before, you know, so potential scammers will reach them and they'll they'll send us, you know, hey, does this person look legit, you know, and they'll send us a Facebook profile and we can, you know, usually pretty clear it's a scam. The other thing uh, which is more common is that we hear from friends and family reaching out um, who are just absolutely at their wits end trying to reach, you know, someone who has been victimized. One of the the hardest um, exchanges that I've gotten is a a really close friend. Her best friend had fallen for this scammer. It was the classic story. You know, she met this guy on a dating site. They quickly switched to text. It was a guy who, you know, happened to be across the country. He traveled a lot. I mean, it, it really hit all the markers of the classic romance scam. But this friend saw the warning signs, could not break through. And so, you know, we were in the position trying to advise this woman, you know, what she could share with her 
you know, the friend that was being victimized. And ultimately, we were able to uh, connect her with our Firewatch Network helpline. And so what's nice about that is we have trained volunteers who actually make outgoing calls, too. So they were able to call just to try to be an outside source because sometimes, you know, people don't want to hear it from their friends and family. So no matter how much you might like somebody from their photo or their messages or their texts. Uh, you know, as Frank says, if you're not going to have coffee with somebody, then don't send them money. Like, you know, if you haven't done that yet, you know, there's no reason to share money with them. It's a very good point. Jen Beam with the Fraud Watch Network. Uh, thanks, as always, for your valuable advice. Where can people find the Facebook page? Uh, they can find it at facebook.com slash fraudwatchnetwork. All right, Jen, thanks a lot. Thanks, Will. All right. Stay safe out there. Don't click on any links you don't know. Don't pick up that phone if you don't know the phone number. And I'll be back next week with AARP's Fraud Watch Network Ambassador Frank Abagnale. Thank you. Thanks a lot. For more information and resources on how to protect yourself from becoming a victim of a scam, visit AARP's Fraud Watch Network website, aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. All right, many thanks to our producers, Julie Getz and Brooke Ellis, our audio engineer, Julio Gonzalez, and of course, my co-host, Frank Abagnale. For The Perfect Scam, I'm Will Johnson. Be sure to subscribe, download, rate, and of course, please like our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Are you 55 plus? There are many ways your community could use your help. As an AmeriCorps Seniors Volunteer, you can put your skills to work for the causes you care about, whether that's by becoming a companion for an older adult or a foster grandparent for a child, tutoring students, joining a disaster response effort, or fulfilling another interest. Choose how, where, and when you want to volunteer, starting at just a few hours a month. This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community and get back so much more in return. Visit AmeriCorps.gov slash your moment today.